The opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of our sponsors and are only those of the individual commentators. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to the Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, and with me, as always, is my expert panel made up of Christina and Anna. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm uh, phenomenal. Got that part right so far. <laughs> Anna, how are you? I am good and I am very excited for this episode. Not as excited as you with your Celine Dion sweater, of course. Oh, you just you just blew that out of the way. Well, fine. I guess it's I guess it's out of the water. I'm wearing a Celine Dion sweater for those of you who don't know. And if you don't know that I really love Celine Dion, you can just stop watching the show because you're not <laughs> worth it. Um, but that's all good. Um, joining the panel this week is our special guest. Victoire Chibangu. Did I get that right, Victoire? Close enough. Chibangu? It's been worse. It's been worse. Chibangu. 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 Close okay. enough. Okay. Just that. <laughs> I, try, I try my best, guys. Um, but it's all good. Um, so, Victoire, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Um, my, well, first of all, I, my name is Victoire Chibangu. That's the right pronunciation. And uh, I am actually from the Congo, to be fair, Democratic Republic from the Congo. I've um, been in Canada for about seven years, about seven years now. And um, I am a software developer at BMO, mm -hmm. uh, headquarters downtown, as well as to some degree an investor, should you say, really. i mostly in real estate and uh, capital markets, really. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, so we're obviously very uh, lucky to have you here, and uh, we are excited to to have a good show. So, coming up in fifteen minutes, we'll be talking about our main topic, which is current music. But first, let's get to our weekly update, starting with uh, Roman Babar suing the Ford government. Uh, so last week, our guest, Roman Babar, um, was on the show, and he was talking about how he had written a letter to the premier about uh, ending the lockdown. So now, a day after appearing on our show, he launched the lawsuit. So if only he had announced that on our show, but that's fine. I won't hold it against him, maybe. Uh, so he said, I am suing the Attorney General of Ontario for our right to protest, pray, and gather outdoors, he said. The risk of outdoor transmission is negligible, but the government enacted heavy-handed regulations that deny Ontarians their fundamental freedoms, he said. He filed a 14-page legal action last Wednesday, the day after appearing on our show once again. So what do you guys uh, think will happen? Christina, let's start with you. I think it's going to be, I don't, th I, 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 I want him to be, you know, I, I, I like, I like the idea that he's putting forward. I think that it's important, you know, we've talked about this before on the show that um, what's essential to one person may not be essential to the other. And we have to take that into consideration when we discuss essential work or um, essential businesses. And from my understanding, he's just asking to gather outdoors. Um, so I don't know how successful it's going to be just because of um, his history with the Ford government. Um, and I don't, and I have a feeling Health Canada and those sorts of folks are going to be on Doug Ford's side, most likely. Mm -hmm. uh, so while I wish, you know, I hope that he is successful, um, who can who can really say? Um, you know, health experts are now telling us that it is dangerous outside, that you should, I'm pretty sure they're saying now that if you can't social distance outside, you should be wearing a mask. 
Um, whereas before they were telling us the risk of transmission outdoors is very low. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wear a mask when you're outside and going on a walk, whatever it might be. Now health experts are saying if you're outside and you can't socially distance, you need to be wearing a mask. So that's another argument for why they might push back and say, even if it is outdoors, it's, it's still too high a risk. Anna? Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure about that because uh, if we are saying, if we, if we had kept a line that being outdoors shouldn't be as risky and also we are starting to vaccinate people who are 60s and older, then, you know, the risk should be mitigated. That's, that's how it should go. And regarding the lawsuit, um, well, I don't know, maybe because I, I, I come from a very particular place with a very particular government, but I don't trust when people do lawsuits against government. Look, he's laughing because it's true. Like, it, it, it's like you, you are fighting a Leviathan. That's how it goes, mm. you know? Victoire? Well, I mean, I, I can pretty much solve um, agree with both the points, to be fair. I mean, that the whole emergency sort of power the government has grabs their hand upon. I personally do not think it will be as easily given away or given back to what uh, it was before. So, I mean, at the moment, they have the power to dictate how every individual person's life kind of um, roll out through each and every single day. Um, and having a person like Roman, I believe, mm -hmm. um, suing the government for our charter rights, which is only fair, which yep. we all deserve to exercise on every single day as we roll through life. Um, and I would 100% back him. However, as uh, Anna mentioned over there, it's like fighting a massive gargantuan leviathan. It's mm -hmm. it's almost as if you're just throwing small rocks at it and it won't even affect it a little bit because they've got all the medical personnel yep. on board literally regurgitating every single day on TV what the Ford government wants to say mm -hmm. and want to perpetrate. So as much as I applaud his efforts to sue them on our behalf, which is f phenomenal, mm -hmm. um, realistically, I do not believe that he would have much an effect on the outcome that he wishes to occur. Wow. Well, you know, he's he's obviously not alone in his uh, in his pursuit because there's a lot of people that back him. There's a whole movement uh, across it. But um like with everything on this show, we'll just have to wait and see. But let's right. move on to um, some unfortunate news, uh, the shootings in Georgia. So eight people were killed, gunned down in Atlanta, uh, spa shootings. The shooter was, uh, not going to name him because he doesn't deserve recognition, but he was 21. Uh, the shooter told investigators that he had a sexual addiction, and authorities say uh, that the sp he said the spas were a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. Police added that it was too early to be certain that the slayings were not racially motivated. So people have already come out and said that this is racially motivated. And the question is, is this an isolated incident or part of a rise in anti-Asian hate? Victoire, let's start with you. Parts of a rise in anti-Asian hate. I'm... I mean, if you just look at the statistics, to be fair, Asian Americans tend to be the most well-off people in America, even more so than the Caucasian tends to be. Mm -hmm. So in that case, I do think they're decently privileged in their standing in that particular country. Um, the more privileged you tend to be, financially speaking, in the, these are the terms that I'm <coughs> speaking of uh, particularly, uh, then you t tend to live in better neighborhoods with less crimes committed towards you. Mm. Um, you do encounter less petty crimes and more so. So in, in that sense, I would say it's not necessarily a rise in, of hate towards Asian American more so than it is a particularly isolated incident because of this person's sexual urges. Um, perhaps I believe, the, I'm not exactly sure about the nuances of the case, but I, I do think this is more so more of a one-time sort of thing, as unfortunate mm. as it may be. Um, I so do not believe that it is a rise necessarily against all such people. Interesting. Uh, uh, Christina, would you agree or disagree? Um, well, one thing I'll say is it's for sure anti-woman. I think that that... I mean, there was one man killed. Right, but I think that if it's the same when you look at the, the Toronto van attack, he said that he explicitly was going to an area where he knew there would be a large, like um, many women in one spot. And he specifically went after a crowd that had um, 
a lot of women and that was his motivation. Yes, some men were killed and injured, but he did that because he wanted to get as many women as he could. And I think this is a similar case. Um, now, whether or not it was racially motivated, um, like investigators are saying, it's too early to tell. I think that maybe more will come out and we'll, we'll, we'll learn more about this um, perpetrator and, and what his... Um, what he was really struggling with sexually besides just having a sexual addiction um was there was there a specific group of women that he had an attraction to this sort of thing so i think that it's possible that it was racially motivated especially when you consider the fetishization of asian women in culture you know um i'm sure anna can relate to the fetishization of latino women um you know they're they're dehumanized to some extent um but do you think this is part of a I'm, larger issue? Of course, it's part of a it's part of a larger larger issue. If we can come to the conclusion that that this was uh, racially motivated, because I do think, and I think especially within the past year, um, while I agree that you know many Asian folks in North America are the most successful out of all of us, um, most wealthy, these sorts of things. I still think that within the past year, let's say, uh, with coronavirus and all the, um, you know, the Kung flu and the China virus and whatever else. Well, and, and here's, here's but the thing. But yeah. I think, so I, I just mean that I think that there is, I don't think that this case is, is tied to that, that narrative. That, I don't right. think, I don't think this specific shooting was related to this increase in anti-Asian hate that we're seeing. I think this scenario could have was unrelated to like what's happening socially i think it was against women and if it was against asian women it wasn't in the context of um race race it was maybe this guy had a thing for asian women or that was his mm -hmm. weakness whatever that might be um so i don't know if we can necessarily say that he went and did this because he hates asians it could be that right. he is angry at asian women I think that the way that it goes is is that this massage place was probably near from, from where he lives or, well, he or went, his he, area. He went to two places. Yeah, and these massage places, many of them offer sexual services. Mm -hmm. It is true. And many of them happen to be Asian women. That's an unfortunate reality. I have these massage places near my home and they're very A lot sketchy, of these I salons, nail so, salons, yeah. so all sorts of salons. But I think that it was motivated because of a sexual component in yeah. that. So, so the fact the fact that mostly Asians uh, work at these spas, do you think that that was a coincidence or it was specific? I think in this case, I think it was a coincidence. However, there are statistics that attacks on Asian people did start, did rise mm -hmm. since the coronavirus thing started. Right. That's, that's also a fact. And that's, that's just what I... I it's not to say that it wasn't racially motivated to some extent, but not racially motivated in the context of, of this coronavirus. of coronavirus and all and this rise in in um, violence against mm -hmm. Asian people. I think that it could have been racially motivated, but not in relation to what we're seeing uh, in the greater society. So obviously, we condemn any sort of racism, any sort of sort of prejudice against people. Um, so we're going to end with that, but we're going to move on to our final update in the week, which is the royal interview. So this happened two weeks ago. We didn't get, get a chance to discuss it, but we are going to right now very quickly. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle sat down for an interview with Oprah. Accusations of racism were made against the palace. Prince William has since spoken out saying the family is not racist and during the interview prince harry did clarify that it wasn't the queen or uh, her husband that were the ones who made the racist allegations um, prince harry spoke about the similarities between his mother and his wife as a reason for leaving the royal family so what did you guys think of the interview anna let's start with you well, I think it was a great marketing strategy for <laughs> someone that is relocating in Hollywood. That's a, and, and another thing is like, you know, when I was looking at this interview, it's like, oh, you know, I didn't know it was going to be this way. Like, it was naive. I mean, we're talking about an European uh, royals aristocracy that has been ruling that nation for, I don't know how many years already. Like, 
you are not going to expect people to think in a progressive way in that environment. That's a reality. It's very, very so unlikely. So do you believe Megan and, and Harry? No. I mean, it, it's, it's not like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe they say some racist comments. Like, I'm not going to, I, I'm not there to, to prove anything. But, you know, the reality is that it was expected that it was going to be difficult. It was expected that you were going to lose certain liberties. Mm-hmm. It was expected that you're going to feel yourself, to, to be yourself in some old school environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something like, under, unless you're living in a basement without Wi-Fi or any internet connection during your life. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of reading the story of Diana, uh, Diana her, herself. Like, you know... The, the evidence is there, the information is there, and unfortunately, that was expected. If you're not ex- mm-hmm. concerned or if you don't acknowledge that if you marry a prince, you're going to probably face certain circumstances, yeah. especially change completely your lifestyle, mm-hmm. don't marry the prince. But some would say love is love. Uh, <laughs> love. Some people like Celine Dion and I. Oh. oh. That's really sweet. Yeah. But back to the racism <laughs> allegations. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, honestly, I don't think... So you don't buy you it. You know that, that I actually have an example for that, and it's that Winnet Paltrow back in early 2000s, she was dating the, back then, Prince of Spain. And the reason why she decided not to continue dating now King Felipe of Spain is because she knows that she knew that it was going to be too much. All the media was going to be focused on her, she was going to quit her career and she was going to feel so much pressure that she said like, nope, I'm not going to take it. And she was a smart. Victoire? Mm-hmm. Well, again, as a fan, I think I would agree it was a phenomenal marketing strategy, really. Because, I mean, next phone course is getting Hollywood, Netflix. Oh, I've got a $100 million deal for you lined yeah. up. And simply it's because that, Literally. Yeah. So that way it is. I mean, she says, it's very simple. If you're going to marry... In royalty, you must expect to some degree that you would be abiding to the standards of living of the people who are within a particular community. Mm-hmm. And as much as they may hold their prejudice, they are not very welcoming to refrain, for lack of a better word, peasants, people who are not w- deemed worthy to be in that particular group. And I, I believe um, to their standards, sh- she's not a person who would live up to that. And I'm sure she realized that as soon as she entered that particular community. And also, the audacity of her still wanting to be on the royal payroll, this to me has nothing to do with racism, which could be allegated by any one of us. I could say you're racist simply by looking the way you're looking at me, and I don't like it. And her audacity (laughs) to literally say that I still want to be on the British people's payroll is an insult to me as I pay my taxes and I wouldn't pay my taxes to support someone of that attitude that she's brought up into the royal um, community and it's an insult to the remaining of the British people because we pay our taxes to the royal family who have been part of our monarchy for better part of, it, of a century, however long they've been in place. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the racism bit... Uh, it, it's hard to prove that. It's literally my words against yours. Yep. So how can you really prove that? Hey, look, the person said this, you said this. I mean, the play and color, anyone can literally bring up racism as the getaway card of anything vile that they may want to bring up upon a person just so they could further market themselves into whatever next that they want. Again, when money's involved and when the next call is hundreds of, hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of a next film or whatever, it becomes, you come to realize that the racism bit might have just been um, the sort onto the plan of the, the sort onto the cake of what the plan might have been for them to accomplish at the end of the day. Because they're moving into a different country. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we just still want to be on the royal payroll if you're moving to a different country and you despised that yeah. particular lifestyle. Yeah, it's the only way out if you're cut off from the money. That's like true... actually cut off from it you can actually escape it but that's a good point still wanting to be on the payroll Um, but that is the end of our weekly update segment let's move on to our main topic which is at least I got it this time that's all right my friends that is all right now isn't it Um, but uh 
Okay, here we go. Popular music is defined as any commercially oriented musical music principally intended to be received and appreciated by a wide audience, generally in literate, technologically advanced societies dominated by urban culture. In other words, whatever is on hit radio stations. Well, from someone who exclusively listens to Celine Dion, some of today's so-called hits are pretty questionable. From Cardi B's WAP to Jason Derulo's Take You Dancing, sex is a dominating subject. Forget just love. Today's music seems to be more PG than ever, maybe even rated R. But why is that? Tonight, with our guest Victoire, our panel dives deep into the changes to pop music over the years. Has it become more sexual? How does it impact young people? And why aren't more people listening to Celine Dion, really? All important questions that will be answered tonight. As a reminder, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed to have your th- thoughts read live on air. So let's begin with uh, your music taste. Victoire, what kind of music do you enjoy? Oh, music that I enjoy, eh? I'm, I'm quite a big fan of uh, Andrea Bocelli. The, oh, uh, the most he's a renowned. good one. He's a phenomenal artist, must admit. Uh, I'm not sure that many people know of him, but uh, he's, he's arguably, if not the greatest tenor of all time. Lesson to be rivaled by uh, Luciano Pavarotti, yeah. of course. But um, I love that sort of music. It's the intricacies of how it is well put together that goes along well with the uh, the tenor's voice. I complement each other quite, quite phenomenally well, I believe. And they do tell a story. It's not simply a repetitive rhythm that comes along with the music. Mm-hmm. But it has a point A to, to Z, really. And it's very of, complex. Absolutely. It's, it's great storytelling through that. Uh, and I do also quite enjoy uh, opera or aria. Again, it's all the same thing, really. Mm. They, they tell dramatic plot twists and, and stories that they intend to portray to uh, to the audience, really. So I, I do enjoy that quite a lot. Um, to some lesser degree, I do enjoy some British grime. I mean, by nature, obviously, uh, having lived in the country over there, I'd have to listen to Bell Stormzy and uh, <laughs> Bugs in Malone. So I do oblige to some degree. But, uh, wow. yeah. So very, very interesting variety there from right. one end to the other spectrum um, of the spectrum. Anna, what kind of music do you listen to? Um, I really listen to everything. I can like something like the Andrea Bocelli music and I can next song could be Daddy Yankee with, I don't know, Con Calma. And then listen to Queen Shakira, of course. And, you know, it is like I listen to everything. Uh, you can find in my phone even like I don't know Portuguese, Greek music, Korean music. I I listen to everything. Why do you like that kind of music? Before we go to Christina, and I just you know when I when I was growing growing up, I didn't understand the lyrics of more of the most of the American North American songs. So I was like, you know what? I pay attention a lot to the rhythm. And if the rhythm is catchy for me, I, I will like it. Something interesting is that sometimes I prefer things in their original language. For example, a lot of Italian artists, they sing in Spanish too. But I, I, I prefer an Andrea Bocelli or a Laura, a Laura Pausini in their original language, even though I cannot speak Italian, than in Spanish. So I, I pay attention a lot to the, the phonetics, the rhythm, all that. So uh, we're going to get into a question a little about Latin music later. So that's a good that's a good point that you enjoy that music, Christina. What kind of music do you enjoy and why? I'm like Anna, not not to that extent. I'm not. I don't listen to um, Italian or Portuguese music. I do have a pretty wide uh, range of m- my music taste is pretty diverse. I um, grew up with a dad who was obsessed with music from my earliest memories are listening to um, music with my dad. Uh, and he introduced me to everything from 50 Cent to, um, what's an example, Alanis Morissette or uh, Bjork. He was very diverse in his music taste and it definitely rubbed off on me. Um, and so I'm still kind of like that today, but I'm, I'm, I'm a big hip hop fan, rap trap i have to admit it's one of my favorites um but i do have a soft spot for punk rock uh green day type music what's what's trap short for trash um <laughs> no elliot goodness uh, gracious i make a joke it's funny <laughs> um okay so 
Uh, here's here's the question. You also really enjoy Chris Brown, right? So this brings me to my next question, which, it, and I know you're pausing because you, can you separate the artist from the art? Because you know Chris Brown is well documented to have uh, uh, assault to, assaulted women, specifically Rihanna. Um, and, and what do you what do you think about that? Are you able to separate the artist from the art? I think it depends on the individual. I. And it's hard for me because there's people that I like. I'm a uh, another person. I'm a big fan of is Marilyn Manson, and now there's all these allegations against him of sexual misconduct, and it is like going through a bad breakup. And I, because I personally like, I'm not someone who can always separate the art, the artist from the from the music. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, I, I haven't been able to listen to Marilyn Manson without flinching when. A couple months ago, before these allegations came out, he was one of my favorite artists who I would listen to regularly, uh, and he was throughout my life. And now I'm at this like crossroads, and I don't know how to feel about it. So for me personally, I, I have a hard time separating the two just based on my own morals and the, the way that my head works. I'm a very uh, anxious person. I overthink things, and something as simple as listening to a Chris Brown song um, and then thinking about who he is and then thinking about what he did, it, it makes it hard for me to listen. Um, but that's just a personal thing. I don't think that it's impossible for people to do that. I think people very often do, especially when you consider that Chris Brown is just as famous as he was before this whole mm-hmm. thing happened. So, Victoire, can you separate the artist from the art? Well, in today's age, I think it's a bit more difficult as she might have hates on the now a little bit. I'm... Uh, I mean, it's it's very tough. It's as if, let's say, again, point of allegations, really. Um, it, it's really tough to, to separate the two, right? Like, if Chris Brown had done that today, necessarily, mm-hmm. he would have been probably cancelled or such things. There would have been much more publicity concerning that particular effect of what he'd done. Um, so at that point, when you start listening to the music or the artist done, uh, I think he would subconsciously would start thinking about what the image of the person who's created this particular piece of music is not exactly the most uh, upstanding one. Mm-hmm. Therefore, listening to that su- such music, it may be difficult for you to um, go along with it because of perhaps your morals do not um, allow you to align with um, such comportment of said person. So I think in that sense, it may be a little tough to, to separate the two. Um, but again, it really depends on who the artist is. Like for me, for example... As much as the man has done bad things, uh, from what I've heard, uh, R. Kelly, oh, okay. I still enjoy Ignition as much as I did years ago, mm-hmm. right? That so in that sense... Yeah, that song comes on <laughs> and I, I hate it, but I will sing every time. It is muscle memory. Right? Yeah. So it really depends on who the artist is mm-hmm. and how good the piece of art that it creates kind of had an impact to some degree in your life. And if you're flexible enough in your understanding of uh, the occurrences of the world that, okay, the person may be an utterly hideous person. However, the piece of art is still created is still one to still be enjoyed, notwithstanding their doing. Well, that's a good point you made about how they have affected someone's life, a person's life, right? So that could be, uh, everybody has a different situation. So to someone who really enjoys Chris Brown, the allegations are, I don't even know if, it, if it's been proven, I think it's been proven, mm-hmm. um, his assault charges, you're still going to love Chris Brown. But to someone who doesn't like Chris Brown, they're going to think, well, I never liked him anyway. Um, and these assault charges just nail in the coffin, right? But that brings us to current music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, well, obviously, I haven't mentioned that the, in case you didn't know already, I listened to Celine Dion, because everybody said what kind of music they listen to, in case it wasn't clear. <laughs> Seriously, he's so, wearing a shirt. Yeah, there. She's uh, she's on the Titanic. Thankfully, she wasn't on the real one, but it's fine. Anyway, uh, fun fact: she actually didn't want to sing that song, and her husband convinced her to. But anyway, hmm. I digress. What do you think of current music? I mean, from like I mentioned, um, from WAP to uh, Driver's License to Blinding Lights. Um, by the weekend, I actually really like the weekend. Um, but what do you, what do you guys think of today's music? Um, I would just like to say it is WAP, not WAP. Um, <laughs> WAP, WAP, WAP. But um, I, I enjoy current day music. I've never been a big fan of pop music. 
Um, even though you can consider some of the music I listen to, it goes mainstream. It's a bit poppy. Um, you know, like I, I don't listen to Cardi B much anymore, but I used to be quite a fan. Um, I just haven't been keeping up with her in the way that I used to, but Mm. I do like, I do like modern day music. Like I'm a big fan of, um, Meg the Stallion, um, I really like, there's this, uh, up, he's not an up and coming at this point, uh, but his name's Jack Harlow. I'm a big fan of him. Um, and I think there's good examples of current day music that's good and isn't, you know, I think a lot of it is perceived as trash and um, unartistic. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's some there's some hidden gems in it all. Well, what, before you go on, one of the songs that I, I actually find very lyrically uh interesting is driver's license like i just said by olivia rodrigo like it actually tells a story and that's what Mm -hmm. you were alluding to uh victoire about music telling a story you know i got my driver's license last week just like we always talked about because you were so excited for me to finally drive up to your house but today i drove through the suburbs crying because you weren't around like these lyrics actually tell a story um whereas wap yeah you effing with some wet ass Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass. Give me everything you got for this wet ass. Beat it up and catch a charge, extra large and extra hard. Um, this is a first for the Rabin Report. I'm live reading the lyrics. If you ask me, there's a story there. They're telling a story. <laughs> You're Come messing on. with some WAP. That's the story, Elliot. Is this a story that should be told to, to, uh, to young people? Um... Not necessarily. Oh. Well, well, I mean, it depends, really. But um. it's the parents' job to say this music isn't for you. If I would, if hold on. I, how are you as a parent going to control what your kid listens to? Um, okay. Well, this is a, this is a different conversation because I grew up in a household where music wasn't restricted. My dad mm-hmm. was very, you know, you have to listen to the listen to the explicit version, listen to the song the way the artist intended for you to hear it. Um, and I'm I'm a big believer in that. And I it didn't caused me to grow up um you know misbehaving and cursing because i was hearing it in music um maybe other people may be that way i'm not going to be someone who restricts my child's music taste but you know if i walk into my child's bedroom and they're doing the wop dance on tiktok then we're going to have to have another conversation because this is something that's happening right 12 year old girls younger doing the wop mm-hmm. Uh, and, challenge and dance on TikTok. Then we're gonna ha- we're getting into a different territory. But um, and you mentioned a similar point when we had our OnlyFans episode that you would not want your child on OnlyFans. I wouldn't want my child on OnlyFans because I would want them to explore other avenues and be the best that they can in a career. But, but I, if they but have an the OnlyFans, then you want your kid to be the best at OnlyFans. <laughs> um no i would not i would not i would not be like yes a fair g- point. get that coin you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be pushing them to do better on OnlyFans. but um i think i said on the episode i have no control over what my adult child does and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean i'm gonna suddenly hate them or disown them whatever kind of work they choose to do at the end of the day as an adult is their work you know um i can lose a relationship with my child because i don't like the work that they're doing or mm-hmm. i can just but going back to these yeah. to these stories being told, let's say um, this kind of music, um, do you think that it empowers women? And first, let's go to our poll before we hear what our panel thinks. Um, so we asked our poll: Do you think that music like WAP, WAP, in- empower women? And what were the results, Christina? So we have 24% of the votes said yes, and 76% said no. And I will take credit for one of those votes being me voting sarcastically. And I voted for yes, and I was but doing it just, as a joke. You just advocated for the story to be told. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean it's empowering. She, she just wanted to add a certain number to don't make it look ah. so depressing. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're definitely not Pew Research here, but Anna, <laughs> what do you think about uh, WAP being empowering or not empowering to women? And it's not empowering to women. Like, it is not a song that will make me feel, oh, you know what? Yes, Cardi B, my idol. You know, this is such a 
great example to follow for a woman no and the song is not empowering either because you know they say like oh you know you're supposed you 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 approve of women doing empowering themselves sexually and it's like uh, it's just as vulgar it's a it's a vulgar thing i'm not gonna say like oh you know what we shouldn't have songs like that sure you can dance to those songs in a club you can shake your booty all that you want but to call it empowering is like uh, I, I, I don't agree with that victoire well i think uh <coughs> empowering i mean what, what do you mean exactly by empowering in what in what sense really I think it's unique to every person. I mean, does it does it make women feel more independent, more confident, more uh, empowered altogether? Just confident, independent. Um. Well, <clears throat> I suppose uh, the the way I mean, empowering. Uh, I think that's quite a probably not the best word to use concerning this. I think more so Grifana there. It's it would rather be attuned to be enjoyed uh, in a club. Um, where you know the intent of everybody there, um, which doesn't need to be mentioned, but you understand the, the context of clubs. Um, I think it's it, it's a tune for a particular audience in a particular setting, more so than uh, to the masses and pretending that it's some 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 to some degree empowering. I understand that the culture we're living in today is um, is is more promiscuous, I suppose, to, to that degree. Yeah. So the the music that's being created is a reflection of certain characteristics of societies in which we live in. So to that degree, I can understand. But to make the claim that it may be empowering to women, which I'm assuming it's the whole population of women, um, is, uh, is preposterous because it does not reflect every woman's way of understanding what empowerment means, right? So that's kind of how I would look at it. So I, I wouldn't agree that it is empowering at all. Something that I find interesting is that a person like RDB can say that, you know, WAP is empowering, but she doesn't let her kids listen to songs like WAP, actually. She actually says that children shouldn't listen to her music. And something interesting is that... It, Candace Owens actually made a, an entire Instagram live Instagram <laughs> criticizing WAP performance in the Grammys. Right. And then Cardi B shared a picture of Candace Owens uh, cooking for her family. Mm -hmm. And she said that she was submissive to a white man and that cooking for your family is not empowering. And I'm just like, cooking is a basic skill, a basic human skill. so... Like, uh, and also, like... Uh, and then as far as I know, Candace Owens' husband respects her, whereas uh, Cardi B's husband does not. And, and also, <laughs> like... Cheated on uh, her, left her. Yeah. And, yeah. and also the fact that uh, you need to bring the race... Like, that's racist, per se, you know? Like, uh, how are yeah, you empowering someone? You know, the co the co that comment was out of line. There's no reason to make... You're automatically villainizing her as a black woman and saying that she's submissive, she's um, being controlled by a white man when really she's just in her... I would be like, scared of being I, married to, to Candace Owens, to be honest, because Oh my God, I would be terrified. <laughs> yeah. And... I, and <laughs> I feel like I've, I've, I don't know if it's unclear. I, I despise Candace Owens. I can't stand her. I think she's um, a very cruel, um, cold-hearted woman. But I also think that people um, get mad at her and then they end up throwing these racist tirades at her. Uh, and they're kind of going against, like, so for just an example, just this is a side note, you know, like Noah Cyrus called her a nappy headed headed bitch, which is like, you know, this whole issue with um, anyways, not 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 what we're talking about. But I don't like Candace Owens, but I think people treat her very poorly and I don't agree with that. Um, but in, in terms of the empowering, not to cut you off, but um, we had a comment that said, is it still crazy from Kobe? Is it still crazy that Cardi B uh, interviewed the current president? What a weird world we live in. So to that degree, if she's interviewing the president, doesn't it make it seem like she's the embodiment of empowerment to women? The fact that she was able to interview the president? She can be empowering to women and not have songs that are all her songs don't have to then be empowering. Mm hmm. She can be a symbol for women. She's, you know, and I'm not saying that she's a, a role model of mine or that I would tell my daughter to strive to be like Cardi B. Um, but, you know, she's opening up an avenue that 
um, someone like her typically hasn't been able to access. But I don't think that just because she's doing something empowering doesn't mean she per se is per empowering or that her music is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it speaks to her as an individual. Um, because there's a lot of the presidents have had relationships and um friendships with all sorts of people who don't fit this um you know proper category so i i think i think it's a bit you know i don't think it's it has anything to do with her music i think it's just she's she's a cultural icon mm-hmm. right so so you mentioned that she opened up avenues that weren't explored and one of these avenues that has grown in size is the use of the n-word in music i mean it's been happening since the 90s for sure but it's become i think a little more popular and i want to know do you think that this should continue should we be uh allowing or encouraging the use of the n-word in music or um do you think that we shouldn't now you both ladies said that you're okay with that uh, with the use of it in songs, but Victoire, oh, you wanted to. No, I just, I just wanted to say that I'm pretty sure Anna and I specified we're okay with it being used by, by black yeah, artists. Yeah, I don't agree with it being used by non-black artists, um, and I, I don't think that it's, it's. I don't think that I'm in a position to dictate who can and can, who can use. Or no, I can. I can say that I, I don't think anyone except black people should be using the word, but I don't think it's my responsibility to tell them how they would like to use it. Um, so I have a hard time coming to a conclusion on that. I am all for free speech, to mm-hmm. be honest. And uh, in the end, I, most of the time that I listen to that word, it comes from black artists. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's part of their culture i don't know unfortunately though there are there is a bit of an issue with latino artists especially those who are maybe associated with um american american yet puerto ricans um who who use the word like it's nothing and it's also well cardi b actually is an example of that is afro latina to be fair Eh, but she's dominican like she's she's dominican yeah but yeah but you can be you can be black and latino at the same time of course you can be black and latino but many puerto ricans have also african backgrounds even when they look white when i when i refuse when i refer to it though i mean like there's latinos who aren't even necessarily puerto rican like mexican for example six nine he's latino he throws around the n-word like it's nothing Mm -hmm. and there's this culture um and there's that toronto artist uh chromas chromas yeah she's the worst of the worst and she uses the n-word and there's this um issue with latino artists especially in like the in the rap category hip-hop that kind of thing that feel like they have some right to the word and that they can use it with you know so there is an issue i think that there's it's mostly black people who use that word in their songs but there's a there's a large Latino population who unfortunately is using using the word as well. Victoire, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I mean, you can't have it both ways, really. You can't say to one degree, it's fair if they use it, mm-hmm. but not if they use it, right? So it's like, um, the way I'm looking at it is, I'm all for freedom of speech up until the point of calling for action to the degree at which it hurts someone. Mm-hmm. So I can say whatever I want. Personally, I do that, notwithstanding how how it may emotionally impact someone. I do not care, really, unless I tell someone to go stab you. I'm yeah. going to say it. Well, it's different free speech from incitement, from incitement of violence. Exactly. So that's where I stand, to be fair. Um, but with the use of the N-word in, in rap music, um, I don't find it to be proper, really, to some degree. I mean, if the whole point in society is to get away from the use of being racist towards a particular group or this person and that is to lessen the impact that race has on the daily lives that we have. So why is it so necessary that you find it to keep on gravitating towards the things that keep on bringing up that particular issue over and over again? In this particular instance, being the N-word, right? Every, every single time you bring up the N-word, you think about the plantation and people being slaves, blacks particularly. Is that? Do you think that's a general consensus, or that's what you think of? Uh, this is how I think of it, right? I'm not speaking for everybody, but mm-hmm. my point being, if society is advocating to stay away from all things racist at all costs, um, then why would only a particular group of people be able to utilize that word, right? So then he bring he opened up this flood for the Latino rappers. It comes with the lay of the land. I'm a rapper. 
every black person's in the rap music utilizes it. I'm also a rapper. What makes me different because of my color? But it comes of the land. So to some degree, I would feel entitled to it, to mm. utilize it. In that particular contest, it comes with the land. I'm going to utilize it. And I would expect you as the audience <laughs> to understand as, as a rapper, you only utilize it in that contest not to mean anything else beyond um, the, the, the trivial use of the word in that particular And, and that's say. the thing, though. How do you control how people use a certain word, right? You can't. That's the thing. Um, that's why I personally, as much as I am freedom of speech, I would advise not to utilize it. If you're, if everybody is claiming that they want to stay away from all things racist, because the more you utilize something, the more it's going to be repeated by everybody else, notwithstanding whether you like it or not, right? And um, yeah, I mean, and and with with pop music, uh, the reason that so people love it so much and it's so popular, it's because it's been proven. Scientifically speaking, the brain loves simple patterns. And when you listen to pop music, it is the same from the beginning till the end. So it is simple for people to gravitate towards it. And they love rhythm. And rhythmic patterns are mm -hmm. wonderful to follow. It is right. for us to sing along with them, to dance along with them. That's what differentiates the classicals, what I like, to right. the pop music. Intricacies of classics can go on for about seven to ten minutes. You start one way and you end perhaps with an aria. Right, as opposed to pop music, it's going to be the same bit towards the end. So, again, it's all about the patterns. The more repeated it is, the highly likely most of the population will start using it. Although the moral argument is, we don't want it to be utilized by anyone because we're trying to stay away from it. Right? And and, and to a degree, every message can be delivered in other words, right? Absolutely. So that's you know, um, with with Andrea Bocelli, you know, his music has has uh, stories and it's it's beautifully lyrical um you know he doesn't he doesn't swear i assume i don't right. listen no, right no he doesn't um well, kiss in point arguably the greatest rapper of all time eminem he never uses the word one bit yeah and he would i don't listen to rap much but i would according to the numbers of his record it classifies every single person you can put next to him well, apart from a few who can mm -hmm. rather him a little bit but the man has rose up from not never using that word to being the phenom that it is culturally yeah. an icon, as you would argue. Um, so to me, it's it's it's. I found it to be useless, and I find it to be contributing more to the cause that being claimed not to be what people wish to have, racially speaking. So this this also takes us to you know we talked about the N word now, um, but this takes us to the Latin aspect of the of the program. Uh, and we we talked about this, and here's my question to you, uh, my Latin ladies. Do you consider it cultural appropriation when American singers use Spanish in their music? And I'll give you an exact example, um, which is, where is it? It's the Black Eyed Peas with J Balvin. So um, I'm not going to read the Spanish part, but baby, tonight's like fuego. We about to spend the dinero. We party to the extremo, baby. Do you... Do you find that, do you enjoy that? Do you find it insulting? Because I'm, I'm very curious. Actually, I like that song a lot. And I have danced that song in the clubs. <laughs> when, you know, before Corona times, of course. And the reality is that I don't find it insulting at all. I had never met a, a Latino person that had told me, oh, you know, that's insulting. And I actually find it quite interesting because Black Eyed Peas' latest album is, is now very popular in Latin America because a lot of Hispanics, they actually like when North Americans are the ones adapting to our culture in a certain mm. extent, you know? Like in the last, I remember that in the, in the 2000s, you had a Shakira who had to sing in English in order to become popular worldwide. Now you have people actually singing in Spanish who have a, a, an American or a Canadian background, like uh, Justin Bieber with Despacito, for saying an example. Drake on... Um, uh, with um, J, uh, Bad Bunny, yeah. Mia, and there's um, The Weeknd just like has a song where he sings in Spanish, Beyonce yeah. sings in Spanish in, yep. a, in a remix of, I can't remember what it is. Um, so it's, it's very common. Yep. Well, obviously English is the dominating uh, language and music like if you're going to be popular then you have to speak then you have to sing in English generally mm. um, and and again not to bring her up again but that's exactly what Celine Dion had to do she start, she's from Quebec so she started singing in French was popular in uh, Quebec and France 
and she learned English in order to be popular in the States. And now, like you said, with uh, Shakira, people are gravitating to her Spanish songs. People are gravitating to Celine's French songs. Um, but that was that, that was the question I had about uh, if you had felt any disrespect to it. Because personally, anytime I hear that song, I turn off the radio. Um, <laughs> I don't think... Hater. I don't, I don't think that uh, the Spanish language itself is necessarily a culture, right? Like it's it's a language, the same way that English is, the same way that French is. I think what would, what would be an issue um, would be if they started to appropriate um latin culture in a negative way like it's it's so hard because well that's a, that's a, that's a good <clears throat> point though because a lot of people consider cultural appropriation even when someone is doing something in a positive light you know so yeah and i i think sp- singing or speaking spanish is is not and it's is not disrespectful it's a language it's you know plenty of white people know how to speak spanish uh plenty of white people are latino i don't think that it's necessarily a cultural appropriation issue um i think uh what would be a problem is shooting a music video where you're making fun of the culture where you are uh degrading the women which of course we already see latino women are dehumanized continuously mm-hmm. um but i think it would that would be that would be where it, where you're you're crossing the line in my opinion so this you mentioned degrading women and this is the question has music progressed or regressed over time because there's such a push in society to treat women and men equally but a lot of the songs are calling women bitches and calling men the n-word and you know, how does that affect culture? And are we moving to a better place or to a more regressive place? Victoire? Mm. Wait, could you repeat that question again? Do you think music has progressed or regressed <clears throat> over time? Well, I'm, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, music tends to be a reflective expression of the culture within you reside in, right? So to me... Um, when music is being perpetrated in that particular way, whether it's, I mean, I think to 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 most most of the time, from what I've seen at least, is um, certain genre of music they tend to um, amplify things such as sex, drugs, and such and such, right? Um, and then to me, that's what they're being they're currently promoting, even us to now, which is why I don't really listen to I don't listen to rap or anything to that degree because it doesn't fit and uh, the kind of world in which I want to to live mm. in. Um, I'm a classical piano player, so I love the classics, right? Um, so in terms of whether it's progressed or regressed, I mean, to me, it's just a reflection of the culture within we live in. It's more promiscuous. It's uh, it's all about uh, fame. Instagram has made a very good point of that. And uh, that's sort of what I'm seeing being perpetrated in this sort of music. So in terms of whether it's regressed or progressed, I don't know if it's progressed in the way in which we want it to be, mm-hmm. which meaning... Um, any woman and I are equal to, to whatever degree at which we're comparing that equality to. Um, but so I don't see that being reflected in the music because it's it's the bloody opposite from what I see. It's the same as it was in the 80s, 70s mm. and 90s. It's not saying, oh, look at uh, who, who's. Um, um, what's, what's her name? The, the, who? Uh, who? Roland, uh, JK, JK, oh, JK Roland. Roland. I mean, I haven't heard her in, in any rap music saying, oh, look, I want to be compared to, um, I haven't seen any music highlighting her career or her accomplishment in, right. in the sense at which I, I, would, I would assume that you're referring to as being progressed in terms mm-hmm. of equality. I haven't seen that in raps. I've seen the exact same thing as in 10, 20 years ago, what it's all about, bitches, music, yeah. uh, drugs, and, and such. It's the same thing today as it was back then. Anna? Uh, the way that I find is that there's there's music for everything. So uh, I grew up listening to, to reggaeton when reggaeton was becoming a, a boom in Latin America. Do you want to just uh, expand on that for our audience, what yes. that is? Reggaeton is urban Latin music. If you have, have heard Bad Bunny, Daddy Yankee, mm-hmm. or Despacito, that's how it goes. And... The reality is that the lyrics back then were super degrading. Like they were super vulgar, worse Even than now. now. It's 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 and it's terrible now. It, well, back then was worse. worse. No, I know, which I is which just speaks to it. And, yeah. and to be honest, I grew up listening to that. I was dancing to that when I was like a thirteen years old. But 
you don't pay attention to the lyrics. That's what happened. Like I wasn't dancing with my friends and being, oh, you know, they're degrading women. No, I was like just having fun. So I, it's not like you are going to sit and oh, let me think about the lyrics of reggaeton. But if music don't is, do that. <laughs> music is such a big part of culture, and it obviously affects the culture. So do you do you not do you not think that, um, or do you think that the music? Um, you know, by listening to these lyrics, it, it affects people's morals or thoughts, you know? Mm, well, uh, like I say, I, I grew up listening to that. I still listen to that nowadays. And I don't feel like I'd, I advocate for what they say in the music. Why? Because I was raised under different values. I was transmitted different values with by my parents, my family, even my religion. So I don't advocate for what many of the reggaeton lyrics said. And also, it's not the only thing that I heard. Now, mm. if you tell me, you know, you live maybe in a slum and you're only listening to reggaeton all the day and that's what you're <laughs> looking at in the streets, obviously, you are going to develop. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to internalize course. it differently. But that, that wasn't my case. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I Like I said, I listened to music that would like uh, with lots of swear words um, at a very, very young age. Um, and it never affected my behavior or the way that I viewed myself or other women or the greater world that I live in. Um, and I think it is it is a matter of I think culture does play a huge aspect. You know, if there's if there's a young boy whose favorite genre of music is rap music um, and he is in an isolated situation, maybe he's antisocial. Um, he has not been taught um the best morals. Maybe he has been taught by his father that women are evil, whatever it might be. I'm just creating this very specific scenario. I could see a, a, a somebody in that position listening to rap music, having a, already having, um, a preconception, a preconception of women and who they are and how they should be treated. Then you go listen to this music that's that's degrading them. Then maybe you'll, you'll absorb that differently than say Anne or, Anna or I will, um, and it, it and I, I think music is all up into interpret is all open to interpretation. I think um, and like I said, I grew up listening to Marilyn Manson, and then there's there's um, school shooters whose favorite musical artist was Marilyn Manson, like the Columbine shooters, mm -hmm. and then they you know later on went on to criticize Marilyn Manson and say it was his fault that the shootings happened because of his music, um, which is not true that that was it that music was misinterpreted by these by these two boys who whatever were were not of sound mind were raised in a different family environment i listened to marilyn manson and didn't go start shooting up schools or committing crimes it's it's all about uh how you choose to interpret them. If you choose to listen to a song and take it literally and apply it to your everyday life, then that is your problem. It's not the artist's problem or the, or the song's problem. So this takes us then to the future of music. What do you see happening to music in, let's say, 10 years? Is it going to become even more sexual? Is it going to become even more uh, degrading? Or is it going to be cleaner and uh, less degrading more impactful i i think we've already seen it become much more sexual i think music with time and as the culture has shifted uh it's more open to music being sexual lyrics being sexual um i think we're we're just about where i don't think it could get much more explicit than it is like you listen to a song like wap and it really cannot get more explicit it's you true. go and read those lyrics like you couldn't make it more vulgar you could not be more sexual or specific so i don't see it getting worse i think that it's accepted now and we'll continue to see sexual music but i don't think we're going to see it get worse and become this huge huge problem do you accept it do i accept sexual this kind music? of music yeah yeah, if and if I don't like it, I don't have to listen to it. It's 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 there because the artist put it out and that's what they do. Uh, some people might enjoy it. If I don't like sexual music and I don't want my, say, daughter listening to it, then I will act accordingly. But I, I, I don't think that... Um, 
of course I accept it. It's it's not my place mm-hmm. to tell someone what they can and can't put out as an artist. Anna? Um, how will music? be music in the future? I think reggaeton is going to dominate the world. <laughs> 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 We're going to see Celine Dion doing some duets with Daddy Yankee in the future. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I agree with Christina. Um, this is the path that is taking. I also think that a society become more promiscuous is gonna that that's the the lead the music is going to take too. But so, so before you go on, is it the is it society be influencing music or music influencing society? I think society. more society influencing music. Yeah. And honestly, like like I said, like I'm not gonna ban my kids to listen to to urban music. Uh, of course, I'm going to also promote other kind of music in them. But uh, I I think that, yes, this is the path that it's taking. I, I, regarding WAP, I just listened to, the, to that song once. I couldn't finish it because it was like too uh, sketchy for my taste. <laughs> and yeah, that's... And also, like, the rhythm wasn't that catchy to me, so... Mm-hmm. And Victoire? Well, I mean, just... I mean, I think they've they've hit uh, the nail on the coffin. Really, it's, I don't think it can get any worse in terms of vulgarity. Really, um, yeah, I think it's reached that point. As you mentioned, as you actually just said recently, um, it's the society influencing the music. It's like uh, back when I uh, in the Congo, let's say we would go hunting and we'd bring game to to the home. Right, um, we would sing music reflecting our victory or an accomplishment of what he had done. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be the music would have to come after what you've done and you would reflect our accomplishment of what we've done. So to, to that degree, I would say our society becomes more and more promiscuous as it is. Um, the further we're going to keep on seeing the same repetitive sort of music and the more vulgar it gets. That's, um, that depends on the artist who decides to put it out. But I think the direction that we're going in towards at the moment is what's going to be happening for quite some time. Uh, I'll tell you that much. I'm not expecting to see another Pocelli come out of, uh, of uh, the Bronx anytime soon. But uh <laughs> You know, that's what concerns me. And it's because we have these amazing artists that mm-hmm. don't think urban music like Andrea Bocelli. Right. And there's no a replacement for them. No. That that's what I find concerning, and I th- I find this a lot in in Latin music too, like salsa. I don't find a lot of new artists singing salsa, so it's a rhythm that is dying, and that that's concerning. Uh, it is an unfortunate happening to 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 some degree because I mean personally I enjoy that music quite a lot. I go to loads and loads of orchestras and and, and operas throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, to an unhealthy degree, just some some may argue, um, but it, as as Anna mentions, when Bocelli, God forbid, passes away, mm-hmm. we're not going to have another man like him. No. Uh, I don't see it happening anytime soon, um, and he's been quite an iconic figure in the music space. Um, so you don't think uh, that we'll ever get another icon coming out of uh, the next generation? You know, between. Uh, Bocelli, um, Whitney Houston, um, Stevie Wonder, Celine Dion, Hector Lavoe. You know all the, these people, mm-hmm. right? That there's only one of, and there will never be someone like that again. Do you think that we'll get more people like that? With the degree of the influence that they have, uh, well, music, in terms or? of the future of music, because if if it's just going to get more sexual, are we going to get more? Are we going to get once in a while someone that iconic? Well could argue that Cardi B is that iconic to this generation. Sure, you could say that. Um, Not in my head, not in a hundred years, but uh, some people may argue argue that that's the case and that's perfectly fair. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also arguing for the the classicals and the different genre of music, the more complex, um, as we could argue scientifically speaking. Um, I I don't believe I'm going to see that music being uh, replicated to the degree to which it, it has been um, by someone like Ibocelli, for example, Pavarotti, mm-hmm. or whomever it may be, um, who doesn't explicitly utilize those um, right. uh, instruments of current themes and music um, to do their art. Um, that's what I'm also arguing for here. And I think it's it's sadly a dying breed to some degree. Wow. That's a... It's depressing. Oh. It is. It, you find it depressing? I find it depressing because yeah. what he said is true. And uh, like I said, in Latino culture as well, merengue, salsa, these were mm-hmm. rhythms that were very 
you know, popular back in the 80s, back in the 90s, the 70s even. And now we just live and dance the classics because everyone is just doing reggaeton. And as much as I love reggaeton, you know, we should have diverse options, different mm -hmm. options. And reggaeton is just killing everything else. <laughs> wow. Well, that's where we're going to leave it today. Um, Hello? No, there we go. All good. Don't you love technology? Okay, so that's where we're gonna leave it today. Uh, thank you to everyone that tuned in and that messaged us live. Victoire, thank you so much for coming on the show and joining the panel this week. Oh, it's a pleasure. Appreciate it quite a lot. It's been fun. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, you and I have been in touch and we've, we've wanted to get you on the show um, for a while and thankfully things just worked out. And I was hoping for a more controversial topic, but hey. Hey. <laughs> You're welcome to come back. Yeah. You're always welcome to come back. Um, so once again... Controversial. It's like we love controversies. So controversies are good. We'll keep you in Can't mind. get away from them. You just might as well talk about them. I mean, you know the, the history of the show. We started as probably the most controversial right. thing to hit Ryerson. Ryerson in, I don't know, since Egerton. You know, <laughs> Egerton Ryerson. This uh, show is what is what uh, got me away from the far left, I have to say. You guys, really? Yes. Wow. Got me to away fair, from my delusional political thinking. Yeah, to be fair, I think you and I were the only people supporting the other day. Well, okay, I suppose not. I was supporting <laughs> the right for people to have certain opinions. Right. Um, and to, to discuss them on the show, whereas... Right. And, and you were for that as well. I was. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. other people tried to, to tear me down and say, you can't have these views on well, the show. I want, to, I want to hear this story. So, but... The, the, yeah, we'll, we'll do it off. Time. We'll yeah. do it off screen. Yeah. 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 Just, just the fact that, again, I say this over and over again, but these conversations are important. Whether it's about current music, mm -hmm. whether it's about uh, elections, whether it's about um, government lockdowns, whatever it is, these conversations need to happen. And that was the point of this show. Right. Um, so once again, thank you, Victoire. And ladies, as always, thank you for a truly amazing discussion. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. Uh, Actually, thank you for coming to our show. We really appreciate <laughs> oh, it. Oh, remember. Oh. Yes. You see, when the yes. show ends, you're going to see the Rabin Report, not Dos Latinas, so you might mm, want to rethink that. Yeah, but I think when people tune into the show, they know what they're tuning in for. Fair point. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, that was our show for this week. Thank you to everyone once again that tuned in and that messaged us live. A brand new episode of The Rabbit Report will be coming to you next week, same day, same time, almost the same people. Have a great day, everyone.